You're now listening to the Co-op Podcast on thecoalition.com. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to a brand new episode of the Co-op Podcast. I'm your host, Richard Billy Jr., and today I'm joined by Mr. Gary A. Swaby. How's it going, Gary? It's going good, thanks. How you doing? Doing pretty good. Uh, taking it easy here uh, on this uh, sunny Sunday afternoon. Um, good yes, and we're also joined by Miss Dana Abercrombie. How's it going, Dana? Hola, everyone. Yes. So uh, we will not be joined by Mr. Max Muller and Mr. Jake James Lugo this week. I know Mr. Max Muller is actually, uh, I believe he's on vacation right now somewhere in California. So we hope he's having a great time. And Mr. Jake James Lugo is having to take care of something else. So also hope he is doing well. But they will definitely be back uh, next week. So um, as for the topics this week wasn't really too much news that happened. I mean, there's some major things which we will get into, but before we do any of that, we're going to let you all know what we have been playing. So, uh, Gary, how about you go first and let us know what you've been playing? Yep. Um, so I've been playing some more Assassin's Creed Origins and I'm really starting to enjoy that game now. I'm getting into the, uh, you know, the RPG elements of it a bit more. Um, starting to understand how you know the, uh, the equipment and everything works a little bit. Um, it was a little hard adjusting to the new controls at first because, like, you're so used to the old style of Assassin's Creed because there were like nine games, you know, like before this one, pretty much. But um, yeah, like I do like the new controls and the new layout of the the, the buttons and everything, and it feels less clunky. Like sometimes in the old games, you would like make you would do things by accident, like jump into a building or jump off a building or something like that. Uh, but in this game, that doesn't seem to happen so much. So, um, yeah, I, I like how they've tweaked the game and it plays a lot better now. The only thing is, it seems like it's a super grindy game. Um, and so it might take me a long time to beat it. And, um, Nino Kuni is actually coming out soon. So, I'm hoping that I'm going to be able to beat it before I get into that game. And I still want to get Monster Hunter at some point. So, yeah, I just, I don't know. I don't know if I have enough time to play all these games. Like, it's just so much content in all of them. But yeah, I am enjoying Assassin's Creed and I really love the setting of the game, you know, ancient Egypt and everything. Um, I would love to go there one day, but we'll see about that. Uh, besides that, of course, I've been playing Overwatch. Uh, that's a given. Um, and they actually announced a new character that they've been teasing. They teased the character for at least a week. Like they, um, they put a lot of like stuff in game. Like they, they added some extra details to some of the maps and everything, like diagrams and charts and stuff like that. So basically the new character is called Brigitte. And she's the daughter of uh, the character called Torbjorn. And she also helped Reinhardt. You know, she built his equipment for him and stuff. 
So Brigitte is, uh, she's like a hybrid. She's a support character, which I'm surprised about because I was expecting it to be a tank. But it is kind of a hybrid character. It's like support and tank because she has a shield um, and, you know, she can shield bash and stuff like that. So she's going to be good for crowd control and, you know, um, standing up to, you know, the uh, she, she's going to be good for choke points and stuff where you've got to defend the area and stuff like that. Like she's she's definitely going to be helpful for that. And she can also heal. She can like instantly heal. So like when she throws out the healing, it's instantly applied to the health bar. And if the character already has a full health bar, it's going to add armor instead. So um, she has a really cool skill set. But they've also kind of nerfed her already. Um, now, she isn't actually in the game live at the moment. She's in the PTR, which is the public test region. So if you if you get the, the PTR version of the game, if you download it, which comes free with, with the purchase of the full game anyway, um, you can actually play her in the PTR right now. But they've they've nerfed her already because when she was first put into the game, she was pretty OP, overpowered. Um, you were able to like swing her her weapon, which is like a, a um, uh, what do you call it? It's like it's like a chain kind of thing with a knob on the end, um, like a mace kind of thing. So like you could swing it, and you could actually do like a combo that can one hit kill some of the squishy characters. So they've kind of toned that down so that it's on a bit of a timer between the swings of her weapon and stuff. So. She's already getting nerfed because she was that good. So I'm really interested in seeing what's going to happen when she actually gets put into the live game because I think the actual meta of the game, like on a professional level, is going to change a lot when she's in the game. Um, and what's great about Overwatch League is um, like we get to see the tactics and the strategies that the professionals are using. And then, you know, we can use that as a template to to you know try those same techniques in the game as well so i really like that we have the overwatch league to you know kind of mold our own you know strategies um you know base base them upon what they're doing in the league so yeah brigitte looks like a pretty cool character can't wait for her to be in in the uh the full game did you guys get to check it out Or did you at least like see the character? Uh, I, I, I mean, I, I did see some footage of the character. Um, I mean, I think she looks cool. You know, I don't really play Overwatch, so I um haven't had an opportunity to try her out. I, I would like to hope that uh, Activision will once again have another opportunity for people to try it out, like for like a free weekend, especially if they have this new character um, that is going to be available. I think that would be a smart decision on their part. Yeah, they, they do that pretty frequently. But um, one thing I want to say as well is I've noticed the trend. Like, 99% of the new characters have been female. Like, there hasn't... There's only been, like, one new male put into the game, and that's Doomfist, the black guy. Um, but all the rest of the characters they that they put in are all female. So I'm wondering if, if that's for any particular reason. Um, I know that... Um, well... I think Overwatch is kind of diverse. There are a lot of females who play Overwatch, but I'm wondering if there's like a specific reason why a lot of the characters are female um, and if it's to cater towards the males 
or the females because we know overwatch porn is still a big thing so i'm wondering like you know how much thought is put into that decision well well first and foremost gary i, I have to stop you. you you can't use that word porn because uh, this is youtube you know they censor everything now so you know you gotta be careful with that word they're gonna think oh this is inappropriate con uh uh comments even though it's not really inappropriate um oh, I'm, I'm sorry google i didn't mean i didn't mean to do that <laughs> Um, Say ask delight instead. <laughs> I'll take note of that. Yeah, so I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, that's a very good point you make. You bring up about the trend of the female characters. Um, yeah, maybe. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I don't have a problem with it. I guess you know, right, right now, you know, because we are in. I believe that this is uh, Dana. You can correct me if I'm wrong. Um, is this International Women's Month? Or something of, of, to that effect. It is Women's Month. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, we have Tomb Raider coming out in a couple of weeks. Um, we had Red Sparrow, which came out uh, this past weekend. So I, I think uh, the timing is certainly right to have to feature them a lot more prominently in, in in not just in this game, but in games in general. So I mean, I don't have a problem with it. Um, but. I don't know. Maybe they can offer a little bit more bit more uh, options in the future. But uh, yeah, I, I don't have a problem with it at all. By the way, it's just something I noticed, and I saw people on Reddit, um, like some people who, who play the game as well, they've started to catch on to it. So I thought uh, so, it was interesting. So yeah. So what, what do you what do you think about it, Dana? I think that you know it's a good thing. I'm really not like a big Overwatch. I know Gary is completely obsessed with the game to the point where like he goes and speaks into his whole other language where I'm just standing there like confused but um whatever makes the Overwatch fans happy that's a good thing and I like the representation of women is it is it diverse looking oh yeah it's it's very diverse because you got characters from like all sorts of countries all over the world you know including you know um continent of africa um you got people from australia france you know like the, it's very diverse i love that even more so yeah i'm for it sounds good yeah that's pretty much it though for what i've been playing all right cool uh one other quick thing i will also say uh i know you mentioned earlier about uh trying to have time to play all these other games. Uh, I, I have to say, uh, to anybody that is watching this show and is a lot younger than us, definitely cherish the time you have while you have it because as you get older um, and you have adult responsibilities to take care of, you will not have a lot of time to play too many games. Um, and I say that to say, this was a week where I didn't have a chance to play hardly anything because I had a lot of other things I had to take care of. Um, that will obviously change because I do have a couple of games that I know I will be playing next week. So I'll speak about more about what I've been playing uh, next week because I'm pretty sure I will definitely be playing something uh, throughout this this week here. But uh, yeah, uh, how about you, Dana? Uh, what did you play this week? I've been half dead during this week, but um, I was able to slip in some Metal Gear survive which just only killed me more so it's, it's not been a very enjoyable experience in the gaming uh 
world for me. Um, but again, Metal Gear survived, just trying to survive through that. It's just awful. It really is. And even without the whole pay system, it's still awful. Um, that and a little bit of, I went back to my Lego dimensions because it's one of those games where it's like 15,000 hours and it just doesn't matter. You can just play and pick up whenever you want to and you could just explore. And it's like a good game to like just escape into. Unlike Metal Gear Survive, which feels like you're being tortured to death, this one is the complete opposite. You feel like you can just relax, escape, take your time, discover new parts. And that's what I love so much about this series is that there's so many different things that you miss. So you can always just go right back to it. Unlike Metal Gear Survive, which, you know, it's crap no matter how many times you go back to look at it. Very good points. Um, well, I have to say I'm, I'm very impressed that every time you play Metal Gear Survive, you actually do survive. So you have to be uh, happy about that at the very least. Um, My heart's you're flared up, so maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> it could be the contributing factor. It kills you from the inside. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, 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 yeah, I agree. Um, oh, yeah, and just so I reiterate, you know, uh, when I say that I didn't have time to play, oh, trust me, there's a lot of games I, I still need to play. I have, I still haven't played Horizon Zero Dawn. I know we just passed the anniversary of that game this week. I, I wish that I could have been playing that. Um, I still have to play Persona 5, so trust me, I have a ton of games that I have to play. I just have to create the time to actually play them. But uh, I'll definitely have more to say next week, because I'm pretty sure I will be playing a couple of different things. So uh, stay tuned for that. When I'm old and I'm in my retirement home, I'm going to set aside a lot of time to catch up on my backlog. Uh, well, oh, well, hey, listen, if, if, if you can do that, that's that's awesome. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I, I just thinking about what other games will be out when that happens. Um, I, mean, I imagine technology will be even more f- further advanced. The consoles will be even better if we are still, uh, you know, playing on next gen consoles. Uh, so. You never know. It might be even better options than then. So then it's going to be very hard to catch up if that's the case. But we'll see what happens. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, that, that pretty much concludes what we have been playing for this week. So we're going to go ahead and we're going to jump right into the, the big topics, news stories from the week. Uh, first and foremost, uh, and I think this is obviously one of the biggest news stories of the week, in my opinion. Uh, we finally have a release date for Detroit Become Human. Um, so Quantic Dreams upcoming game is now scheduled to arrive on May 25th. So I uh, wanted to ask the question of, uh, are you guys looking forward to the game? Um, and do you think that it will actually turn out to be a good game? Because, you know, now let me just start out by saying I didn't play Heavy Rain. I believe you played Heavy Rain, Gary. Uh, and I also did not play yeah. uh, Beyond Two Souls either. So I am, will be going into this title with this really being one of the first Quantic Dream games that I have played. So uh, you can start us off, Gary. Let me know, what do you think about Detroit Become Human? And do you think it's going to turn out to be a good game? Um, now, I definitely don't want to compare it to Heavenly Rain because I'm sure Quantic Dream has learned a lot since they made that game. But the thing is with Heavenly Rain, when you played that game for the first time, it was like the most amazing game gaming experience ever. Like 
and the story just it seemed it had you hooked it seemed phenomenal at the time um you know obviously with it being a mystery um the whole mystery element kept you hooked and wanting to know you know uh who the actual culprit is and how events unfolded so while you were playing it it was amazing like the the whole way through like visually storyline dialogue you know it it kept you in full suspense but after you beat heavenly rain and you really look back at it and think about it you start to think about all the ways that it didn't make sense at all like there was a lot of plot holes in that in that story um and I think a lot of that was because they were struggling to include that option where you know no matter what happens the story continues and stuff and there's so many different decisions you can make as a player and stuff. Um I I I remember one of the big things being that the you know any of the characters that you play can die and the story will continue. So with things like that occurring I think it kind of painted them in a into a corner and that's what caused a lot of the plot holes because you know uh, something that ambitious is really hard to pull off and that's why I still give a lot of credit to BioWare for you know what they did with the the Mass Effect trilogy because that was an an amazing you know achievement in itself but um yeah uh, as for Detroit you know become human i think you know if they if they try to go super ambitious like that they could paint themselves into that corner again um but at the same time i'm sure they've learned from a lot of those mistakes that they did make in heavenly rain so i'm hoping this is going to be you know a far superior version of heavy rain but also be completely original you know it's going to be its own thing as well so i do think it's going to be quite phenomenal to play through the first time um whether or not the story remains cohesive after we beat it that's a different story but you know we've got to get there first and i'm sure getting there is the fun part so i think it's going to be a good experience you know especially the first time you play it yeah so so very good thoughts uh and i'm going to give a shout out to uh showan in the chat yes the ge- is we have to make sure we correct this it's it's heavy rain uh not heavenly rain because uh you know, oh, they, I always I always get it mixed up with Heavenly Sword. That's oh why. no, hey, that's totally fine. But yeah, based on that description, you told me it, the game didn't sell Heavenly, so we got to make sure that we uh, keep it uh, correct and say yeah, it's Heavy Rain. Uh, <laughs> it had some issues in it. Um, so I, I do have something to say, but uh, before I say what I'm going to say, Dana, uh, what are your thoughts on Detroit Become Human? Are you looking forward to it coming out? Uh, go ahead. Uh, I'm not gonna. I'm gonna be honest. I am. But I'm also scared. See, I felt excitement when I saw Watch Dogs. So that looked like a really great game. That looked like it was, you know, really advanced and looked like it had a great storyline and everyone was all swooped in or just, you know, that little trailer that we saw. And I feel the same way towards this, but we all know how much of a disaster Watch Dogs was. So. I'm cautious. I'm very happy that they, you know, moved the release date up. I hope they don't go back and change it. So, you know, that would be be a plus for me. I am excited. I'm looking forward to it, but I'm not going to be like overly ecstatic about it. 
just because I don't know. I There could be a lot of issues with that game and a lot of bugs and who knows. But from what I've seen and what we've all seen, I'm very intrigued. When it comes out, I do want to buy it. Maybe not day one. Maybe like day 21 and see what any of the complaints are. But good job to them for pushing up the date. Just, you know, don't screw the rest of it up. I think I think I think uh, the caution is 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 totally understood. Um, and I, I know I had mentioned on the show before that you know when we, we were at PSX uh, back in December, I did get a chance to play the game, and by all accounts, the game is is fantastic. You know, I got to see a couple of people playing through some of the same uh, story stuff that I played through, and I got to see a couple of alter of different things that can happen. So I'm very curious to see how it all comes together. Obviously, I think the goal of the game is for you to play and see the multiple endings. So obviously, it's a game that you'll definitely play through uh, more than once, if I had to make a guess. But um, I I mean, I, I generally am excited for the game. As I already mentioned, I didn't play Heavy Rain. Uh, I did not play Beyond Two Souls. I do recall playing the demo that they had for Beyond Two Souls. And I thought the demo was okay. Um, but it did not do enough to convince me that, oh, I definitely need to buy this game. So maybe it wasn't that great. But um, at least with uh, this game, I am compelled to see how far along they actually push this, push this narrative um, with the androids and the humans. Um, because I know this is something that they've been wanting to do for a while. Ever since they introduced that, that, that Kara model that they were working on, this is what this, this essentially was leading towards. So I'm curious to see how the final final product turns out. Um, but yeah, I think having some caution is totally understood. Uh, so we'll have to see, you know, how it all comes together. But uh, one thing I did want to also mention about this game, I'm not sure if you guys saw the box art, but I know that that got some criticism from some, some fans. There's also another publication which I'm not going to mention the name because they already get enough traffic. I don't think we need to send any more traffic to their website. But uh, one publication in, in, in particular mentioned that the box art is absolutely horrible. Uh, and I, I, I'm just curious what you guys think about the box art because my personal opinion, all I care about is the game. Uh, the box art could be trash, but I don't really care about that because I'm not going to play the box art. I'm going to play the actual game. But uh, I wanted to get you guys' thoughts on that if you actually saw the box art. Because, you know, it has Jesse Williams on the front, uh, close up on his face type type of deal. But, uh, Gary, uh, did you get to see the box art? And if so, what did you think about it? Yeah, I know exactly which publication you're talking about. And um, <laughs> as for the box art, I share your sentiment. Like, I don't care about box arts that much, you know, like, because it's the game that I want to play at the end of the day. But, you know, it does, the, the box art doesn't do anything to intrigue me or anything. Like, sometimes you can look at a box art and think, that, that's a nice piece of art right there. Like, that's well done. Um, but this doesn't do anything for me at all. Like, it's just, you know, it's just, okay, cool, whatever. Who cares? Um, yeah, but I mean, you know, I, I don't think it's a, a big deal like everyone's making out. But, yeah, it, it doesn't do anything for me. Uh, one one quick thing I will say: there was an image that I saw on the PlayStation Store, uh, an image that had all three of the Android characters. Uh, and I actually used that image when I had made the post 
about the game when we had when we found out it was going to be coming out in spring 2018. I think that would have been a far better image to use, but uh, that's just my opinion. You know, obviously, you know, maybe I will throw this picture in the post whenever we do a post on the site to show you guys what I mean. But I think that would have been a better image to show instead of the, what they did. But again, I don't really care too much about the box art. How about you, Dana? Uh, I know that you're a huge Jesse Williams fan. So uh, were you offended when they said that they didn't like the box art or do you agree? What is wrong with people? It looked perfectly fine. It's a close-up of his face, and you can see the very small details that he is actually a robot. He's an android. And the brilliant behind it is that you have to look up close to actually see that. As opposed to, you know, looking far away, you wouldn't be able to tell. So it does show the the argument of, you know, robots versus humans, or, you know, that technology thing. So I like it. I think you guys are nitpicking. I don't understand why it's hated. It looks perfectly fine to me. Yeah. Hey, I agree. Very good point. And and again, you know, we're not playing the box art. We're playing the game. So it, the box art shouldn't really be that important. But I, yeah, I agree with you, what you say about the details of the face. Because that was what I noticed instantly. I said, okay, well, yeah, this is... This is very interesting, but uh, as Gary said, I guess not not interesting enough for everybody. But uh, you know, it's no. it's fine. It, it doesn't he, make a difference. Complain. That's all. They just complain to complain so they can have a voice. You're right. It's perfectly. You're right. And essentially, that is the world we live in today, with a lot of people complaining. They're finding reasons to complain. So, yeah, that makes sense. Um, but one thing I will say is, again, the big takeaway I I, I you know, come away from all of this is that, you know, now we know at least two Sony games that have release dates. God of War comes out on April 20th. That's a whole month before this game. Um, so very curious to see when Spider-Man and Days Gone get their release dates. You know, they both said 2018, you know, perhaps that's going to be the fall games. Well, before the big major stuff comes out in November with uh, Call of Duty and, uh, you know, whatever else, Battlefield, uh, maybe September this will be out. Um, but, uh, very much, uh, looking forward to that and, uh, yeah, we'll see how it turns out. So, um, any final thoughts on Detroit become human before we uh, move to the next topic? Just really quickly mm -hmm. comparing, um, Sony's 2018 to 2017. I definitely don't think it compares so far because last year we already had like some amazing stuff. Um, but, uh oh. But yeah, like we still do have a lot of good stuff to look forward to as well. So, but yeah, I just oh. wanted to make that comment real quick. Well, I, well, now that you made that comment, I have to ask the question. So, um, I'm trying to remember all the games they released in 2017. I know we had Horizon Zero Dawn. Uh, we had Near Automata. Yeah, uh, we had um, Gravity Rush Two had come oh, out. Yeah, and, that, that was uh, out in January. Yep, last year. Yakuza Zero. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Yeah, you're right. And oh yeah, and and uh Neo, Neo, that was out in yeah. February. Yeah, that yeah. too. Yeah, yeah, you make you make some good points. Yeah, I agree. Um and this year so far, you know, we we are going to have um God of War. We do have uh Nino Kuni out. That's also coming to PC, but that is coming out this month. Um and of course, Yakuza 6 is coming out in April. So yeah. I mean, yeah, I think you I think you make a good point cuz yeah, there's a lot of great games last year that was coming out, you know, at the very start of the year, you know, maybe a little bit slow to 
really get the party started so far uh, this year, but uh, we'll see what happens as the year goes on. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, yeah, good, 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 uh, good, uh, um, good points that you made there. So, uh, let's move on to the next topic. Um, Battlefield, which we all know the next, uh, the next, uh, iteration in the Battlefield series is going to be revealed at, uh, EA Play in June. Well, now we know that Battlefield 5 is going to take place in World War II. Um, now, if I recall correctly, the last Battlefield game, which I think was Battlefield 1, that also was in World War II. Uh, so that's interesting. But, uh, Gary, you wanted to ask the question, do we think that this particular setting is too played out now? Um, I, I would like to answer that question first. And I, I would say that, you know, considering that Battlefield 1 did well and considering that Call of Duty last year also did well and they were both set in World War II, I think uh, the fact that Battlefield 5 is also going to be a World War II, that's, I think that's somewhat expected. I think, um, I, you know, EA had success with the last Battlefield game. I guess they want to continue that momentum. And then, of course, the competition with Call of Duty they saw that they also did that, so uh, I think this is always going to be a back-and-forth thing. Um, I don't have a problem with the setting, I, just as so long as they make it interesting. I think we spoke about last week that we are hoping that Battlefield Bad Company is the game that they're working on, and by all accounts, this news about Battlefield Five this does not make me happy because I wanted to see Bad Company. I don't want to see another regular Battlefield game, but um, I guess it all depends how it's done, whether or not it works. But uh, the World War II setting, I don't really know what what other direction they can go in with this series. You know, we already saw Activision do the futuristic setting. Um, so I'm not really sure. And, and we also saw a, mod, a modern setting also. So I'm not really sure which direction they can take this series in. So I think the World War II thing is okay. I would like to see them change it up in the future. But I, again, I don't really know where they can take it. So I'm not in the position to say... What's kind? What type of uh, setting that they should put it in? But um, I don't have an issue with it. If it looks interesting, I will try it out. That's really all I'm going to check out when I go to EA Play. If the game is interesting, it looks fun. Then yeah, they will assume me on it. But if it's if it's more of the same uh, that we saw in Battlefield One, and I may be like, well, you know, Battlefield One was good on its own. I don't want to play Battlefield One again, so I'll probably pass on this game. But that's just my thoughts. Uh, Gary, uh, what do you think about uh, the World War II setting being used for Battlefield Five? Yeah, I mean, for me personally, I think the whole military war thing is uh, played out. But obviously it has its own built-in audience. You know, it has its own target market. And those people are probably going to continue to always buy those types of games, you know, whether Call of Duty or Battlefield. So... It's good that, you know, those games remain there for that audience. But I'm also happy that we do have other, you know, FPS games now. Like, you know, you have your Destinies, your Overwatches, and, you know, you have a lot of other options now. Whereas last gen, I feel like it was just Call of Duty. And, you know, towards the mid-generation, you had Battlefield as well. Um, but, yeah, now it seems like there's a lot more variety. So there's shooters there's fps games for everyone you know to an extent so that's good but yeah um, as for world war ii and everything i think it's 
very unappealing for me personally. Like, I, I feel like I've kind of um, grown out of the whole, you know, war and military FPS game um, craze, if you will. Um, so I'm I'm personally not really looking forward to that, even though I am a fan of Battlefield. Like, I, I really did enjoy Battlefield uh, 3 and 4 and um, Hardline to an extent, you know. Um, but yeah, I think I'm just past that phase now and I want to see them try and do something new with the series. But um, I know that that's probably not where they want to go because they want to they want to serve that particular audience. I do think it would have been much better to do, uh, you know, Bad Company 2. And maybe they still will. You know, maybe Bad Company 2 will be set in World War 2, you know. Like, maybe that's what they're going to do. Um, but, yeah, uh, I, I just want to see them do something new and switch it up, personally. But I understand why they continue to go down that path. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay, Dana, what are your thoughts on uh, Battlefield Five taking place in World War II? Do you have any issues with it, or are you, do you think it's totally fine? If it's not bad company, I literally give a flying fart. <laughs> I'm tired of World War II. I don't just do anything else but World War II. I don't know, create a World War Three, but just not World War Two anymore. Unless it's bad company. Bad company can literally do anything they want. And I'm good. But, you know, just don't do World War II if it's not bad company. I agree. I agree. So uh, if EA does listen to this, we want Bad Company 3. Um, to hell with uh, Battlefield 5. If it's not something different than what they've already done. But uh, we'll see. We'll see. So uh, any other thoughts before we move on to our next topic? No more space. Nothing in space. <laughs> well, hey, Activision, they had success with their space setting. So I guess uh, they may consider, uh, you know, copying Activision with that, too. I mean, we never know. Oh. Well, if there's one thing that I could tell EA, in addition to Battlefield Five, I do not want to see another Medal of Honor either. Because that last one, nah, nah, son. Trash. Trash, yeah, trash, trash. Was so good. What was that what? I said that I like the first one. <laughs> yeah, the first one. Well, we'll we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> oh yeah, I see somebody's watching. What's up? Like, What's up? Yeah, quick yeah, shout outs to uh, Kieran, aka Ruthless Kid. Hopefully we'll have it back on the show at some point. Yeah, Ruthless Kid, we definitely need to have you on soon. We got to hear what you got to say about Xbox. <laughs> okay, uh, let's move on to the next topic. Actually, this is going to be Dana's portion of the show where you're going to let us know what's going on in the entertainment world, Dana. So the mic is yours. Yay! Um, as everyone knows, or maybe they don't know, or maybe they don't care, um, today is Oscar Sunday, which means, you know, all the Academy Awards are all gathered down in. Los Angeles, and they're gonna, you know, award themselves with prizes and gift bags and awards. But I thought really cute, fun news that the lowest grossing film in movie history belongs to a 2006 film called ZYZZX Road. It only grossed $30, and it starred Katherine Heigl and Tom Sizemore. 
So I thought that was a fun fact. In other news, I'm pretty sure everyone's heard by now. Marvel Studios have moved up the release date to of Infinity War, which is from which was originally May 4th and is now going to be April 27th, which is a full week ahead. Um, many people were surprised. It was like a cute little exchange between um, the guy who plays Captain America and Robert Downey Jr. Uh, but so many people were like, oh, this is really nice. This is a sweet little thing. But in fact, it was done so that Infinity Award, Infinity War can avoid any type of competition. By moving it to that date, we now give enough time for Deadpool, which is releases on May 18th. And the next film will be May 25th is Star Wars. But by moving it to April 27th, remember a lot of um, other studios were scheduling their movies you know, after or way before the release date of Infinity War because they know it was going to get crushed. But now that they moved this date up, this means that uh, Amy Schumer's comedy, I Feel, Pearly, I Feel Pretty, and the Paula Patton thriller, Traffic, are going to be completely crushed because they release on the same day, but I'm pretty sure no one was going to go see those movies in the first place. Um, Black Panther also continued to dominate a third week grossing $65.7 million domestically and $56.2 million internationally, which means that it is pulled in just North America alone $501 million and then $396.6 million overseas. So right now, it is close to making $1 billion. So yay! And just the third week. How incredible is that? Um, also, Oscar Sunday, many people look forward to the E! red carpet. But however, Ryan Seacrest was recently accused of sexual abuse by his hairstylist and she said it has been going on for many weeks and it's you know it's a lot of details and really disgusting things that he's done to her so e instead of canceling ryan creek seacrest or you know just having somebody else fill his place they have decided that they're going to go on a 10 second on a 30 second delay so if anything happens or you know one of the actresses decides to you know call him out we won't be able to see it because everything will be delayed. Um, Harvey Weinstein, his lawyer has come out and basically said that all the allegations against Harvey Weinstein is fake. And they're saying that, you know, Harvey Weinstein is a big statue that was planned to be at the Oscars by an independent artist where it's Harvey Weinstein sitting on a couch and it's supposed to reference the casting couch. The casting couch, for people who don't know, is basically you go to a producer or director and, hey, you want to be in this movie, then you have to sleep with the person. So they decided to remove it, and the lawyer spoke up and was very angry and was saying that, you know, this all allegations are not true and that Harvey Weinstein never created the casting couch. So Harvey is very upset that they labeled him the casting couch guy, basically. Um, the Razzies have been announced. The award, the, it's an award show for basically the worst movie that came out in 2017. So it started off with an in memoriam segment with photos of Harvey Weinstein, Jeremy Piven, Bill Cosby, and Donald Trump, among others, with the kicker, very sorry, but we won't be missing you or your kind. But the winners for the Razzies are Worst Picture, the emoji movie. Worst Actress, Tyler Perry for Boo 2 and Medea Halloween. 
Worst actor is Tom Cruise for The Mummy. Worst supporting actor is Mel Gibson for Daddy's Home 2. Worst supporting actress is Kim Basinger in Fifty Shades Darker. Worst screen combo is The Emoji Movie. Worst remake, ripoff, or sequel is Fifty Shades Darker. Worst director is Tony Linitis for The Emoji Movie. The Emoji Movie basically just swept. Worst screenplay, The Emoji Movie. And the Razzie contender for So Rotten You Loved It was Baywatch. I, I kind of did like Baywatch, though. It was kind of fun. Um, if anyone hasn't heard, they are remaking Bad Boys. It's going to be a spinoff this time. It's going to be on NBC, and it's going to be female-driven. They just cast Jessica Alba, who's going to play the co-lead opposite Gabrielle Union. Alba will also serve as the executive producer on the project, and it'll center around special agent Sidney Burnett's character, played by Gabrielle Union in 2003, and Alba's character is Nancy Kinnon, who has joined the Army out of high school and spent most of the 2000s in the Iraq and Afghan war. But since women weren't allowed in combat, she joined the military police to get closer to the action. McKinnon is now a detective raising two preteen stepkids with her husband. So if you like those two, Alba and uh, Gabrielle Union, and you really loved Bad Boys and Bad Boys 2, maybe you might want to check it out. They said that it's going to be really female-driven, it's going to be fun, and it's going to have the same humor of the original movies. So we'll see. Uh, Anyone who is a Scandal or How to Get Away with Murder fan... Their night was basically made on last Thursday. And so far, it had over 5 million people watched to tune in. It was a crossover episode, which was like a dream for anyone who was a fan of those two. For them to even share the same universe was like, oh, my God. So many people are very happy about that. Remember the 1996 movie Fear, which was a thriller that starred Reese Witherspoon and Mark Wahlberg? Well, the studio, Universal Pictures, have decided that they're going to do a remake or a reimagining of the movie. And instead, it's going to be from the female perspective, which I kind of thought it was originally, but it's going to be more female-driven, and you get to really feel what it's like to be stalked by this crazed boyfriend. Remember, guys, it was like this really great romance story, and then he just flipped, and it became a very abusive, violent a relationship so is everything is going to be seen from her point of view but i guess it'll still end the same and this have the same you know everything else that happened from the other movie um also following the success reese witherspoon who did big little lies she announced her new project is going to be little fires everywhere and it's going to also co-star carrie washington it's based on the book little fires everywhere so if you're looking forward to that, it's going to be on a streaming platform. Right now, everything is like up in the air. There's a lot of companies that's bidding for it, but it looks like it might head over to Netflix. So if you like that, then that's a good thing. Baywatch star Pamela Anderson has called out Harvey Weinstein, who said that he bullied her to the point where it's she scared she was scared into um acting in Dimension Films 2008 superhero movie and that she really felt that her life was threatened by not doing this movie so she was pressured into it she explained how horrible and miserable it was to work for him 
but she still wants men to be able to be passionate and aggressive when they want to make their movie. So I don't know exactly what she means by that, but that's what she wants everyone to know. Um, Waywood Pines is officially canceled after like two years off air. So if you were somehow still waiting for Waywood Pines to come back, it was canceled. It's not coming back. But if you're an M. Night Shyamalan fan, don't worry. We're getting the sequel to Split, which is going to be Glass, which, remember, was a trilogy. It started off with, um, oh, gosh, I just went blank. It started off with um, Unbreakable, and then it's Split, and then the next one is going to be Glass. Everything is supposed to be a superhero origin story. So I'm looking forward to that, and I don't even like M. Night. But I am looking forward to that. So that is everything that happens in Hollywood and entertainment. Yo, um, real quick, I think they probably pushed forward Infinity War a week because over here it was going to come out. Um, uh, is it April twenty seventh? Um, I think it, it was going to come out that day over here in the UK. Um, you know, originally. So I think they pushed it forward because they don't want spoilers getting out and stuff because, you know, this, this is going to be a big movie and I'm sure there's going to be some huge spoilers, especially with, you know, deaths and stuff like that occurring in the Marvel Universe. So they probably don't want there to be, you know, too many spoilers and people having the film ruined for them and stuff like that. So I think that was one of the major reasons why they wanted to. But also, of course, they wanted to avoid stuff like Deadpool. And, um, you know, obviously, it's, it, in May, it was going to be kind of close to Han Solo, which is their other big movie as well. So, yeah, I think all of those were a contributing factor to that. And nobody wants to see Amy Schumer. So, yeah, I think it works out fine. Poor Amy. <laughs> she got her money. She all good. Uh, she got her money and her I feel pretty money. Yeah, she got her money, but Monique didn't get her. So <laughs> she's still angry, still to this day. She's talking about everyone in Oprah. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Th- thank you for the recap. I-, I just want to say a few quick things, real quick tidbits. Um, one one show that should be also. Uh, you know, you, you mentioned the Razzies. I, I can tell you right now, there's at least one TV show that needs to be in the Razzies, and that is The Walking Dead. Because I saw that premiere last week, and man, this show just needs to be over with. I'm tired of it. I'm tired of it. No, no but there are not more spinoffs to come. We're getting like five more shows. Well, yeah, I, I, I understand that. And, you know, I will give AMC credit for making a decision to kill off an important character. You know, I'm not going to say it for those that haven't seen it yet, although you probably know about it by now. Anyway, yeah, I give them props for killing off that character because that character is not dead in the comics. So, but that show, it's just like fatigue with just the same thing, you know, this all-out war storyline. All of this just needs to be over with. So I, I look forward to the show ending at some point in time, because it's, you know, it's very exhausting, not really fun anymore. Um, so, yeah, it just needs to end. Uh, and one other quick thing I did want to say, two shows you absolutely should be watching if you aren't watching them already. The Shy. We're definitely going to do a podcast on that at some point, because the show is fantastic. You know, very much reminds me of The Wire, and I could tell that the writers were also inspired by The Wire why the way they present the characters and each character is connected. So I will highly recommend you check out that show when possible. It is on Showtime, but, uh, you know, 
definitely make a point to check it out. And of course, Atlanta, because I saw the premiere the other day and I have to give them props. Donald Glover and the team coming back strong. They found a way to get Cat Williams to appear on the episode also. Man, that show was funny as hell. So I'm looking forward to seeing the rest of the season, but I just cannot recommend it enough. If you saw the first season, first season of Atlanta, uh, you're definitely in for a treat. Second season starting out great. And again, if you're a fan of The Wire, definitely go out of your way to see The Shy. Both fantastic shows. Um, but yeah, I wanted to say that real quick. <laughs> Indeed. All right, so uh, let's move on to the next topic. This is a topic that is uh, very controversial um, because uh, it got uh, it got uh, some some uh, pretty negative uh, backlash from people when it was announced. But uh, PlayStation Plus games for the month, you know, so Sony did announce that in March we're going to be getting Bloodborne and we're also going to be getting Ratchet and Clank, which is good news, obviously. However, in that same announcement, you know, and this kind of came a little bit, a little under the radar in the very beginning until it got, you know, more people uh, directed more attention towards it. Sony pretty much announced that starting in 2019, uh, they're going to be cutting both PS3 games and Vita games from PlayStation Plus. Now, this is not going to start, I think, until March uh, 2019, which is fine, but there was no mention of what they are going to be adding. You know, they said you're going to be getting PlayStation 4 games. And that has led to some speculation that people feel like, well, PlayStation 5 games are probably going to be coming to the service. But here's the thing. We don't know when PS5 is coming out. We have thoughts that it could come out next year, but we don't really know anything concrete about that. And Sony continues to sell PS4 consoles. So I don't think they're going to be switching to another console anytime soon. But I could be wrong. But, um... I just wanted to get you guys' initial thoughts on them cutting PlayStation 3 and Vita games uh, starting in 2019. So, uh, Dana, how about you start us off and let us know what you think about this topic? You're muted. Oh, well. I'll let her get situated. Why don't you go, Gary? Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, there's two ways you can look at it. Like, cause I'm thinking Sony must know something that, you know, cause obviously they have access to all the behind the scenes data and everything. So maybe they're seeing that activity isn't, you know, as high as it used to be on the PlayStation 3 and the, the PSVR for PlayStation Plus. So maybe that's why they're, deciding to cut back on it but um like you said i do hope that they're planning to you know replace the you know the ps3 and vr offerings with more ps4 content then you know because we still need to get the same level of value from playstation plus as we currently do and taking away you know ps3 and VR games is going to be a big blow to some people because there are people out there who still actively play their uh playstation vr ps3 and ps4 you know continuously so you know having all that content taken away from ps3 and vr is a big deal to to those people so they definitely need to add value back onto the service if they're going to remove the ps3 and vr games i agree uh i do have some things to say but i'm gonna I'm let dana 
you know, wh- why don't you tell me what your thoughts are on the on this topic, Dana? Is disrespectfulness <laughs> as someone who likes the old generation or old consoles or whatever you want to say, I still play those old games. And guess what? I still play my Xbox 360. So it's disrespectful. If you like a game and you're with it, it shouldn't matter at all. But yes, what Gary said is true. Yes, you know, maybe they're looking from, you know, the the statistics and they're looking at, you know, the money aspect of it. And you're, you're say, able to see, you know, only, say, 10% plays the game or only 5% and it's not, you know, our target audience we want it to be. But it's still disrespectful, darn it. Show some love. So I'm completely against it. I don't like it. And I think that they should come out with some type of explanation because it's just wrong. Yeah, um, I definitely have respect for, for, for everybody that still plays uh, Vita and PS3 games. I you know better. we have, I mean, I, 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 I know we have uh, a very a very good friend of the site named Seth who always kept coming after us with these back and forth debates like, oh, so how could you say that you like uh, Nier Automata if you didn't play the other Nier, the first Nier on PS3? And I, I had to tell Seth, you know, I don't have a PS3 anymore. When it came time to get a PS4, you know, I, I just wanted to upgrade. I didn't see any value in keeping the PS3. Um, only because, you know, didn't have much space to work with. And obviously, all of my friends were upgrading to the latest console. So therefore, I was like, well, I don't see a point while I need to stay playing PS3 games when everybody's going to be on PS4. But with that said... For those that still want to play the games, they should be able to still play the games. But uh, I do think that Sony is definitely going to have to address this and talk about what well, what are fans going to be getting in return. Maybe you add another PlayStation 4 game so they get three PS4 games for the month. And then they also get a PlayStation VR game or something to that, to that effect. But for people who don't have PSVR, that still is not going to be of any value to them. So maybe they will drop a price, although I highly doubt that will happen. Um, but they absolutely positively will have to give a reasoning for this. Uh, as for PlayStation 5, um, if eventually they bring PlayStation 5 games to PS Plus, that's totally fine. But again, it all depends when it's coming out. They're not going to release that console this year. If it comes out, that's probably going to be late 2019 or sometime in 2020. This is going to happen before any of that happens. So they definitely have to explain what they're going to give uh, fans in return for this type of stuff. Maybe you give them a PS Now uh, subscription or you add that, because we spoke about that in the past, that they could easily add a PlayStation Now subscription as part of the PlayStation Plus package, but they're definitely going to have to do something to get rid of these games. Um, me, personally, I don't care because, you know, I only play PlayStation 4 games, but for everyone else, yeah, it's definitely an issue. Um but um, here's another question I definitely want to ask because Dana, you brought up uh, Xbox, the fact that you still play Xbox 360. Now, based on when this happened, would you say that Xbox Live is going to be it has a better value now than PS Plus once they actually do this change? Absolutely, without a shadow of a doubt, absolutely. Because I still love the games, and guess what? A lot. For me, yes, the visuals are better and, you know, you have updated software and that's all really great, you know, compared to yesteryear. But for me, 
some of my favorite games came out on the older console. So Xbox Live right now is winning. Now Xbox, you know, it has some troubles and I'm not saying that it's better than all of the other ones, but in terms of this and oh having having, you know, more options, I'm going to have to go with Xbox Live. Uh-oh. So so uh, how about you Gary? Uh what do you think about this topic? <laughs> Uh, I mean, yeah, I, to be honest, uh, and I'm sorry, Reggie, who's in the chat right now, but to be honest, I haven't, I I don't think PlayStation Plus has been that great, you know, for the past uh, year or maybe even longer than that. Um, I mean, before last year, you could have used the excuse, you know, PS4 was still kind of new, so there wasn't many games for them to put on the service and stuff like that. But, you know, now we're, what, like, four or five years into the console or whatever. Um, and, yeah, I just I don't feel like it provides that much value besides being able to play online. And I find myself doing that less on the PlayStation 4 now anyway. Um, so, yeah, like, I, I don't think these services are as good as they were last generation, to be honest. Um, I think they were much more valuable then because you had a, d- a deeper library at the time they were introduced um well xbox live was around from you know the get-go but um yeah i just think there was a lot more content last generation um than what we're being given this generation on both consoles though you know i don't think it's just sony um i think i mean microsoft you know that now they're kind of turning things around and they have game pass as well which is another option um and they have, you know, they have backwards compatibility on theirs as well, which is cool. That's like, that's a nice, you know, bonus feature on the Xbox Live uh, system. But besides that, yeah, I'm, to be honest, I don't think there's much value. I mean, it, it, it could just be me personally, you know, I, I can't speak for everyone else, but I don't think that there has been significant value in these services this generation. All right, so so a quick question to ask. We'll go, we'll, we'll go ahead, Dana. No, I just wanted to say, like, to piggyback off of that, that is kind of why I like... It, see, I like both consoles and the fact that PS4 offers me more. But the the, the online part and, you know, the other exclusive and, like, the, the other fact that, I you know, the backwards compatibility... Come back, uh, the backwards compatibility and offering the older games, it sucks at xbox for me their games is not that many and they're not anything that really makes me that excited but it allows me to still live in my nostalgia which you know so it balances that it out for me though but i really like my games that are you know from the older times and it by doing that by offering that i kind of maybe like zero zero point one percent like it a little bit more Compared to Xbox, there's also, you know, Nintendo and the other ones. But for me, I like the fact that I can still play my old games. Yeah, no, to- to- totally, totally a good point. Um, what, I, what I was going to ask is, you know, now I know that uh, I believe it was uh, one of the reps on the PlayStation Europe uh, team. Uh, he had said last week. Hey, the PlayStation Plus March games are going to blow you away. And as I mentioned earlier, you know, those games are Bloodborne and Ratchet and Clank. So, so Gary, would you say 
that the, that that announcement was that those are games to be impressed by? And do you think that that makes PlayStation Plus at least valuable for this month, or do you still say nah, that's they, that's still not good enough? Yeah, not good enough for me. Um, I mean, <laughs> I you know I played Bloodborne already, um, Ratchet and Clank. You know those games are cool, but like they're not you know they're not my speciality or anything. But they are fun games. So I mean, you know for. I think I'm just kind of like, you know, a bit of a, a unique kind of gamer at the moment. Like, you know, I can't speak for the majority. I'm sure there's uh, loads of people out there who are fascinated by the fact that they can now play Bloodborne and Ratchet and Clank, you know, especially because Ratchet and Clank is more of a family game. So they're going to make a lot of children happy now, I think. So that's cool. Um, and, you know, Bloodborne, if you haven't played that game yet, it's perfect time to give it a try. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's good for, for some people, but I don't think it's, you know, what he hyped it up to be, you know, it's not like the most spectacular month of PlayStation Plus ever, you know? So yeah, he kind of oversold that a little bit. I, 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 I will say that I am a little disappointed because I actually just picked up Bloodborne when they had a sale on it recently. So when I found out it was free, you know, I was absolutely livid when I saw this news, but I said, all right, well. Lesson learned. I won't buy any more old games now. I'll wait for Sony to give it to me for free. Um, but Danny, you you you, you was going to say something? Wow, those are such great games! <laughs> wow, I'm really blown away right now. I'm like, wow, I'm so speechless. Really? They 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 no, they overshot when they when they said that. They really did. I mean. Unless I have like 20 kids, then maybe I'll be like, yay, but I don't. So for me, that does nothing for me. It makes me just dead inside. They um they oversold worse than Shawn Michaels versus Hulk Hogan. <laughs> wow. 90s wrestling. You go. That was like 2005. Yeah. 90s yeah like um one more thing i wanted to mention though um yeah. or suggest is once this goes into effect next year or you know whenever they um plan to take those games away i think that should be the point where they say okay we're gonna somehow tie in playstation now with playstation plus now because you know that's gonna fill that void that xbox is already you know fulfilling for their customers like they're giving backwards compatibility games you know on their service and that's an extra bonus like if i'm looking at both services on paper if i own both systems that's an extra you know that's an extra strike for for microsoft that's an extra tick you know that they're fulfilling for the the customers and stuff so i think they should definitely try and do something with that because playstation now does give you access to some of those old games on playstation 3 and you know beyond you know ps2 even so they should definitely look at trying to tie that in to the service to make it more valuable and to kind of replace, you know, just offering a free game for PS3 and VR. Like, I think that should be the next step for them. Uh, you know, I'm glad you mentioned that because I was just about to ask that question because I saw Reggie had the comment. He says, it's a business and businesses is not about your feelings may not like the truth, but that's real. I agree with that. And I was going to say that part of me feels that Sony making this announcement about getting rid of the PS3 games and the Vita games 
was just so that now it, it, it will make it so that there is no that now obviously we already know that with PlayStation now we was expecting them to respond to what Microsoft is doing with backwards compatibility and Sony never did that. So I thought by them getting rid of this type of stuff, then they could just say, okay, well, now this is this is how we eliminate ourselves from that conversation of even competing with or even trying to compete with Xbox on backwards compatibility because we won't even offer it at all. You're only going to be playing PlayStation 4 games on your console now, nothing else. But yeah, what you just said, that pretty much answers the question because I really do feel they definitely need to get PS Now implemented into this uh then you know that that will provide more value to their customers and i know that there are some people that we also know that said well yeah they pay for playstation now that's great for them you know if they they must be balling if they pay for playstation now and playstation plus you know but if they got the money by all means go ahead and do it but as of right now getting rid of uh the ps3 and vita games and not replacing it with anything else, that's a bad move. So I hope Sony has something planned because people will get angry once uh, they get into, you know, actually get into all of this. But we'll see. Yeah. Uh, just one more thing to say to end off. Um, Reggie, you know, your 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 family to the coalition, but you might want to cover your ears here because I don't, I don't want to upset <laughs> you. Um, I, I do want you to be on the show in the future, though, you know, so you can kind of rebuttal and say what you think. But I do want to say that considering how much they bought Gaikai for, you know, um, PlayStation now has been a letdown so far, in my opinion. Like, yeah, they, it, it hasn't been worth that purchase that they bought that company for. So this is the way they can really put that to good use. I think, you know, if they do what, what me and Rich just said and, you know, add PlayStation now into the, the PlayStation Plus program. And this can also help them kind of one-up microsoft because if you look at what microsoft is doing they have their xbox live you know um gold service and then they also have game pass as an option but it's two completely separate subscriptions right so if sony merge playstation plus and playstation now somehow then that is one-upping microsoft completely and you know if they if they start to add playstation 4 stuff to playstation now so you can stream it instead of having to download it that's going to be a big deal in itself because i get tired of having to download a game every time i buy it on playstation and stuff so because i have to like i i refuse to upgrade the system you know just out of like you know um like uh what's the word i'm looking for uh just out of stubbornness basically like, because I bought the system, I don't feel like I should have to, you know, upgrade it. You know, it's, it's not a PC, it's a console. But yeah, um, I get really tired of having to delete and download new games on PS4. So if they added that ability to stream a PS4 game, that would be phenomenal, especially if it's tied to PlayStation Plus. So if they can do that next year, like, or even announce it this year at E3, then that's going to be a major announcement for them. So that's what that's what I want to see them do next. Uh, I just want to make one 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 last comment. Uh, I yeah, I, I agree with a lot of the points that were said. Uh, I I want to give a shout out to uh, Eddie Velasquez who was in the chat as well. Um, he said that Xbox Live is a better value, and, and, and yeah, I believe he is correct. And what you said about Game Pass is also correct, Gary. 
but the fact that somebody can actually rent Sea of Thieves for only ten dollars uh, and play for you know not spend sixty dollars on it, and then you you can just easily get rid of the game and you can download it. I think that already makes it better because you know Microsoft is thinking about the newer titles. You know, whenever Halo Six comes out or Gears of War Five, you can use Game Pass without spending sixty dollars play the game, and I, I think that's something that. We haven't really seen Sony do that with any of their newer titles. If they said God of War or Days Gone or any of this stuff is going to be available in that fashion, then I'd be like, okay, great. But because they don't have that option available, I have to say Microsoft, yeah, they have an advantage with this stuff. So we'll see what happens ultimately. But um, it's like, listen, you know. We have to see what Sony actually does. When they announce this and then what they have planned, we'll, we'll see what they actually have planned by taking away this stuff. But until then, yeah, we can definitely criticize, but we have to definitely wait to see what exactly they got planned before we uh, criticize too harshly. But just my opinion. Um, so uh, any, any other thoughts before we uh, move on to the next topic? <laughs> I just want someone to offer WWE no mercy, and I'm good. <laughs> no, yeah. look, I still have my Nintendo 64 just so I can play that game. Oh uh, so, well, I don't know if we're gonna so- see that, you know, unless unless uh, they say well, we're, we're going to have uh, pukes and t- uh, you know pick up the the the, uh, the deal to make it happen again. Then they they will make the game horrible. Um, no. even, if even, even if it's a remaster, they'll find a way to mess that up. So that's you know. See, why must you even jinx it? They <laughs> haven't said anything. Now it's just jinxed, and 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 I'm sad. Well, don't worry, it's not going to happen. You know, Vince is too busy focused on XFL. He ain't going to put no money into that into this project. So it could happen because Triple H. Ah, <gasps> yeah, maybe, 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 maybe. maybe. But Triple H first has to take himself out of these storylines where he has to wrestle. He has to stop that completely. Then he can focus on the business side of, of WWE. Well, <laughs> hopefully Ronda kills him and then we're all saved. <laughs> and we have Jeff Jarrett, so we're good. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. So, Gar- Gary, you good? Are you, are you, are you, uh, you ready to move on? Uh, yeah, I was gonna ask something about wrestling, but this is the wrong show. So yeah, continue. All right. Well, I guess we'll you can ask that question at when we get towards the end. We got two more topics to to talk about. Um, okay, so this is an update on the ESA and this whole loot box controversy. Uh, the ESA has decided to add in-game purchases now uh, to video games. I guess this will be on the label whenever you pick up a game. Um, one quick thing I will say about this uh, is that um, it's a good move. I mean, I know whenever I, I download a game on uh, my iPhone, it usually says if it's in-app purchases. So I think this is something they should have did a long time ago. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, it's fine if they want to have it. Uh, and I'm glad that they added it just so people know in advance what they're getting into. So I have not, I have really no complaints about that. Uh, Gary, uh, what are your thoughts on them adding this? Yeah, um, I guess this is a big step in terms of, you know, getting around the the legal issues that was being raised uh, surrounding microtransactions and loot boxes and stuff like that. Like you said, this is this is something that should have already been done 
but it just goes to show how much the game publishers were kind of exploiting you know the whole microtransaction thing you know in um video games and stuff um but yeah i I guess it's good you know it's it's good to raise awareness to you know parents who buy their games you know without really doing much research and stuff at least they can see you know um what's being offered in the game and everything um this definitely should have been done before but um it took that whole controversy last year with ea for this to happen um and i guess this just kind of covers their back from now on um you know moving forward but it seems like basically every game is going to have that listed on it because even stuff that has access to like dlc is going to be included like so not just loot boxes but dlc like if you if there's a menu where you can buy extra content it's gonna have that listed on on the box so um it seems like a lot of games are gonna have this uh the only games that probably won't is cd project games but yeah, yeah. That, that that yeah that, that, that totally makes sense because i know cd project has already said that they are against this practice so um that's good. I mean, again, I think it's very clear that it's all laid out for the consumer to see. I know a lot of times there are a lot of people that will pick up a game, not really know anything about it, and then be surprised later. Even it's just where a kid, a parent uh, buys a game for a kid, doesn't even look at the rating, you know, and then the kid plays the game and then later on they discover, oh, it has all this stuff in it. Well, So, you know, if all the information is laid out there in the front, I would like to hope that people will read the label before they actually play it. But then again, you know, I don't know. I I don't know. Cause a lot of people don't read or do their research on a lot of this stuff. So um, we'll see. But again, I'm glad they at least put it out there so that they can make it clear from the very beginning, this does have in in, in game purchases. So it's good. It's a good move on their part. Um, Dana, what do you think about this particular topic? This is all for legality issues. This is all to save face. This is all to stop the lawsuits and the angry people in the stock market and whoever it was on CNBC screaming and yelling at the top of his lungs. They don't, this is not, you know, I think that it's going to happen the same thing as they did the parental advisory sticker where it's like, okay, and nobody pays attention to it and nobody really cares. And you're going to be some parents out there that's like, I don't care. And then you're going to act surprised when, you know, their bank account is less than what it used to be because their kid Tommy is running around keep buying, you know, games stuff. A new weapon, a new character, a, who knows, a save slot for Metal Gear Survive. But this is just um something legal. They don't care about the, cons- the customers. They don't care about anything else. This is just to stop the lawsuits. It is something that's long overdue. But here's the thing. People don't pay, pay attention to any labels to begin with. So it doesn't mean anything. It doesn't really do anything to me. But just, you know, you can't be outraged now because there it is. So it, it doesn't do anything. Well, I, I'm just going to I'm just going to say something real quick. And this, this goes a little bit off topic, but you, you are 100 percent right when you say people don't pay attention. Uh, I, you know, recently I spoke to a couple of friends. Uh, they were telling me that there was a lot of people. Uh, in their neighborhoods, at their churches that went to go see Black Panther. 
Uh, but the thing is, they went to go see Black Panther, thinking this was going to be a movie about the actual Black Panther Party and not a superhero. So when they went into the movie, they're like, what the hell is this? And, and you know, go along with the fact that a lot of people that went to go see the movie also was in the, the you know, dashiki, so on and so forth. But some of those people didn't even know who the hell the character was. They thought this was supposed to be like a revolutionary Black Panther uh, Party movie. Wait, so and, like did, did those people see the movie poster? No, they, they just said, Oh, well, I heard this movie is good, so I'm gonna go see it. Uh so I, I mean you are you're right, people don't do their research because I, I thought to myself, man, you know, if I'm gonna be spending money just to on anything, you know damn well I'm gonna do my research. You know, but for people who don't care about money, I guess they just say, Well, I don't it doesn't matter. I heard it's good, you know, I'm just gonna go see it. So in the case of this particular situation, um, you are right, Dana. There will be a lot of people who will not even pay attention to any of that stuff. But I'm pretty sure when they find out later that now there is other things that uh, they have to buy, maybe they will complain at that point. But then again, at that point, it's it's on them because the information was laid out there for them to see in the very beginning, and they chose not to see it. So we'll see what happens. Um, and, I, and I have a, like. Maybe it's a stupid suggestion or a stupid question or stupid whatever, uh-huh. but would there be a way to lock yourself from purchasing anything or to for a parent to lock, you know, that that feature so they can buy anything? So then that way you just don't have to worry at all? Yeah, I, I, I got a solution for that. Uh, what's the solution? Don't put your credit card on the system. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it's really easy to go and like, you know, little Tommy can dig in his mom's purse and find the card. Well, well, in in that case there there is there's another solution that they should have. Oh no. Uh, and that is it's time for that kid to get uh discipline. You know, <laughs> what, what do you do digging inside my bag? You know, I I'll, I'll, I'll give I'll give you something for that. No, but there, there was a lot of problems that happened like we're little kids, we're playing mobile games and you know it would charge the whole thing. So if you have a Google account, it automatically charges. My thing is like, can you just block that feature? Because that would solve just a lot of problems right there. I mean, I, I mean, I, I I think what Gary mentioned about you know not having your card information stored, and this also applies to the mobile phones. You have to be aware that if you give your kid your phone to play a game. You, I, I would be, I mean, I, first and foremost, you know, that better be like an extra spare phone that you're giving to them. I would not give them my actual phone and knowing I have all my important information on there because, you know, anything could happen. You know, they can, they can, you know, let's say you got a call from your, your job. They see the number like, oh, then they answer the phone. That, I mean, I mean, there's anything that could happen. So you have to be mindful of that stuff. But people who have kids now, obviously, I can't really say any of this because I don't have a kid. I'm just using common sense to say if I had a kid. You best believe that I will not be giving them anything that is important that I have on me that I need, especially a phone. Oh, hell no. Um, but yeah, people have to they have to think about this stuff ahead of time. You know, with PlayStation, I, I had an issue before when I had PlayStation Plus and you know how it does the auto renew thing. Uh, I had to make sure that that was off because, you know, I don't want them charging me for PlayStation Plus over and over again. Especially when I can get it a lot cheaper than it, it is on the actual system, so people just have to be mindful, do their research, and and, and watch out for this stuff. That that's the only thing I could think of. Um, 
but yeah, there is a way for you to to not have your card linked to any of this stuff. But outside of that, I don't know what else somebody would do to stop that from happening. But uh, <laughs> any other thoughts on this topic before before we move on to the next one? No, it's too little, too late. <laughs> no, my my basic summary is parenting. You know, solves everything. Oh, it, 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 listen, it definitely solves everything, and, and that's actually connected to the next topic, also. Um, well, part of it is, but uh, so our main topic for today, the main discussion we need to have. Obviously, um, we found out last week that uh, uh, our president. You know, a president that a lot of people like and a lot of people dislike. You know, I'm not really sure what the people, you know, the people that like this president. Um, hey, I don't know what that's all about. But uh, Donald Trump is going to be meeting with games industry people to discuss violent video games this upcoming week. Now, I find this story funny because literally a day after this story was reported, Jason Schreier over at Kotaku reported and said that the ESA was not aware of this meeting and that uh, they were just surprised about it because they haven't been contacted. So now we're in a situation where it's not really clear who Trump is meeting with. Maybe it could be a fake news ploy of of, of him making this statement here. But uh, obviously he's going to meet with somebody this week that's in the industry. Uh, Some have speculated maybe it will be Activision, maybe it'll be EA. I mean, who knows? It could be anybody. But the question that we wanted to pose is, uh, what do you think will come from this meeting? Um, Gary, since you asked this question, how about you be the first to answer it? What do you think will come from this this meeting that's supposed to happen between Trump and these uh, video game uh, executives? Oh, yeah. So uh, with all due respect to you and, you know, your country, um, <laughs> your, you know, your, your president, he kind of has verbal diarrhea sometimes um, and I get the impression that sometimes he just says things and thinks about it and plans the stuff later, like after. Um, it also seems like he doesn't have a team that kind of filters what he says. But yeah, um, the fact that the ESA came out right after he's, he made that statement and said they haven't been contacted or whatever, that's uh, very fishy because for those that don't know, um, the ESA is actually you know, like a, a, a governing body in, you know, uh, video games, entertainment that consists of all the major publishers. So Activision, EA, you know, um, a lot of the, the biggest gaming companies are involved in the ESA, you know, organization. So that is the go-to source. If you really want to have that dialogue with the gaming industry, period, you, you would go to the ESA first. So unless Trump is somehow looking to undercut the ESA, which I'm not sure how he would do that. Like, you know, uh, maybe they they will reach out to each publisher individually or something, but it, it would make more sense to just go to the ESA because they can they have that in place already. They have that structure in place already. So I don't know what um, what he meant by that statement, but, you know, he did say he wants to meet with representatives of, you know, of the video games industry to see what can be done about you know violence in video games and protecting you know children and young ones from it now of course as gamers and as you know gaming enthusiasts 
this is always scary for us to hear because we love our video games and we know that video games aren't the root cause of these things you know um i mean somebody could be influenced by a, a video game you know um in theory but i don't think it's the core reason why you know these things occur like i think it's usually a mixture of different things you know um going on psychologically with the person you know um and i don't think video games is exactly the catalyst for that so yeah it's always scary to hear that you know um especially coming directly from the president that this is a discussion that's going to happen because then you start to think about the possibilities of what could happen and you know uh you start to think okay are they going to censor video games uh of violent video games going to be banned you know um we we always hear about australia and how strict their laws are with video games and entertainment i definitely don't want you know america and england to follow suit cuz you know it seems like australia doesn't get a lot of fun stuff that we get um even like gta and stuff it's either banned or it's heavily edited and censored over in australia so i'm hoping it doesn't get to that extreme for us because that's going to you know it's going to seriously hinder the the art the artistic nature of video games that we've come to love so i i really hope that this is just all talk and you know i get the impression that sometimes trump just wants to seem like he's doing something you know to kind of avoid the real discussion that has to take take place like you know like we said last week um there's a different discussion that needs to be had about this you know the the violence that's happening in the schools and everything there's a completely different conversation that needs to be had there but instead he wants to focus on this and i think it's just kind of a distraction of you know from the real discussion that needs to take place um so yeah i'm hoping that this doesn't really go anywhere or it there's no major changes or restrictions or regulations that are going to be put in place because you know video games are great right now um they're like i consider them you know deeper it, deeper in content than you know movies because there's so much more that can be done with a video game in terms of the stories that can be told and everything and it of course because it's interactive you know you have a stronger and deeper connection to them and stuff so um you know video games are art basically and you know i don't want i don't want it to have to change because it's being blamed for something that you know it it hasn't really been the main factor in you know so um i guess we just have to keep an eye on what's being discussed but this could just be you know um him pulling the wool over our eyes especially if the ESA says they have yet to be contacted that just kind of seems a bit strange i agree excellent thoughts throughout uh i do have something to say but uh dana i'm going to give you the floor first cuz i'm very curious to hear what you have to say about this guys guys no yeah. one enjoys real games more than me i'm the best player the best player ever. You will never find a gamer more gamer than me. Then, oh my gosh, this is funny. This is all to just avoid the actual topic of gun control. So you have this guy 
who has an AR-15 already in the home. He gets the, you know, he takes it and he goes and he shoots 17 people with it. And then all of a sudden it's the violent video games. No connection whatsoever to like what games he was playing. Because remember during Columbine, they at least was like, oh, they were playing Doom and we should ban Doom and, you know, somehow change the gaming industry and they can't make any more violent video games. This is just, you know, random topic of let's just throw video games back in there again. Okay. To me, this is all to avoid two things, which is gun control and the fact that they won't call this guy a terrorist. And we all know why they won't call him a terrorist, which is what he actually is. But this is something that I believe is going to end like any other conversation. Well, Trump will say, you know, we got to go against, you know, we, we have to do something about these video games. Video games are bad. Then I love video games more than anyone. Video games are the good guys. Don't worry, guys. And then randomly, let's leave it up to the states. And then it'll be forgotten, say, next week. So I'm not paying any attention to this because we all know that he's not serious about this. He's not really serious about anything that comes before him aside from, you know, immigration laws and a wall. So I think we're good in that regard. And this is also, remember when he, he the ESA says they don't even have an, a meeting for this. And this is the same guy who went and told a random journalist to set up a meeting with the Black Caucus just randomly. And that wasn't even her job. So no one seems to know what they're doing right now. And everyone should be more concerned about Mueller and what he's doing and maybe gun control, you know, since it's the guns that's running around causing these huge issues and not the video games. I never played, I don't know, Assassin's Creed and decided I want to go around and, and start robbing and, and, you know, breaking into people's places and scaling buildings. I think I'm good. And there's plenty of science behind this. So even if he does decide to do something, there will be lawsuits up the hoo-ha. So I think we're all good. There's more problems that we need to worry about. Yep, I I agree pretty much with everything that you and Gary had to say. Uh, Definitely more pressing matters to be concerned about. Um, I don't think this conversation is going to end any differently. Uh, It won't be anything major that happens. If there is anything major that happens, uh, you can best believe that there will be some backlash. Because, again, as Gary already said, Video games is a form of art. Um, and I also feel that this whole thing about trying to censor stuff, I mean, maybe this is something that I probably shouldn't say because somebody will be offended. But nowadays, it feels like the world is a very sensitive place. You can't really say anything without getting criticized. And then there's a lot of people out there that want to be victims and say certain stuff to draw attention to themselves in, in, in light of, of what's going on. With, with, with certain topics that they feel strongly about. Um, it feels like ever since Trump went into office, a lot, of, a lot of this came to light. A lot of people having a lot of responses that they just feel as though everything needs to be censored. You know, we already mentioned earlier about YouTube, about the fact that uh, now the advertisers don't feel safe with YouTube in, 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 in regards to certain videos that are put out there. So they decide to change all the features so that everyone else suffers as a result of that. It's just like, so So now when you talk about trying to sense a video game violence, I think that's all BS. And again, as you both have already said, trying to divert attention away from the fact that we have an issue with guns here in this world 
And the bigger issue in that we have an issue with mental health as a whole. A lot of people, they haven't been feeling too well about how the world is operating today. And they also have issues within their own personal lives, but they never talk to anybody about these issues uh, because they are afraid to open up. They are afraid to get the help that they need to get. And then they, in turn, decide to take their aggression and anger out on others. So until all of this other stuff gets addressed, these issues will continue. You know, a lot of people want to worry about we need to build a wall. We need to worry about everyone else trying to come in. Let's worry about taking care of everybody that is here and addressing all of the issues we have here, because that's what needs to happen. Um, so we'll see what happens. But ultimately, you know, as someone who is a fan of video games, I mean, I don't think anything will change in regards to video games. A lot of games have already been in development. You're not going to hear something about, well, Red Dead Redemption 2. We had a violent uh, shootout scene, so now Rockstar is going to take it out of the game. Oh, hell no. That game is coming out in October. So it's a done deal. So they need to stop using video games as an excuse to cover up the fact that they have to address bigger issues here. There's a difference between real life and a video game. And until the president starts to live in the real life of what's going on in reality, um, then this stuff is just going to this. This is just going to continue. They're going to continue pointing the, the, the finger at other things to blame. So we'll see what happens. But ultimately, um, I don't think anything will come from the meeting. Also, I just think a lot of the, you know, because I, I, I am curious to know who exactly is at this meeting. And I'll be very curious to hear what they they take away from this meeting. Um, cause I don't know what companies agree to this, but obviously ESA is not involved. So who knows? It's just going to be Trump in a room by himself. <laughs> talking to himself. Oh yeah. Hey, maybe, maybe, maybe that's what'll happen. <laughs> well, is that NRA? He'll be there. Yeah. In an empty and, chair. Absolutely. And, and, and I will give a shout out to uh, Ruthless Kids also in the chat. Once again, and also the, the, the height of all of this, you know, the mental health stuff. Yep. But but parents as well. You know, parents have a job. When you decide to bring a kid into this world, it is your responsibility to teach that kid and, you know, how to survive in this world. If you're you you're out here not being a good parent, that's definitely going to have impact on your kid, you know, and it may be something where that relationship is going to have issues down the road. But if you have a kid, you have them around a lot of this, these, these things, such as a violent TV show or what have you, it is your responsibility to make sure that they understand right from wrong and that they're not always around some of this type of stuff. Uh, because let's be clear about one thing. There is violence in a lot of things out there, but it never I've never heard of an instance where somebody is going to play a game about shooting up somebody and now you're going to, well, let me go get a gun and let me go shoot somebody. No, there has to be a lot more going on in that person's life besides a video game to make someone go over the edge. Because in a game, you can die and you can play again, you know. But in the game of life, when you get shot, that's it. It's it's over. You know, so they have to understand that there are consequences to these actions. And it's the parent's job to make this clear to them about the stuff. So if the parents are not doing their job, well, then the kid is going to have a lot, a lot of issues in life. So... I'm just saying people have to be held accountable for their actions. They have to go out here and you have to stop covering up these lies about what you think is causing an issue. You know what's causing the issue. You got to own up to that and deal with it. So 
until the president decides to to deal with this stuff, the real matters at hand, then it's going to be a lot of the same things happening. But we'll see. We'll see. So just be attentive also, because, you know, back during the Columbine thing, the kids were making bombs in their basements while the parents was just, you know, walking around dumbfounded, not knowing anything. Literally in the same home, just downstairs in the basement, they're making bombs. So check in on your children. Talk to them. Be attentive. Exactly. Exactly. And as I said earlier on this show, I mean, I'm not a parent. Maybe one day I will become a parent, but I will say this. I understand that anyone who is a parent now, they have a lot that they have to really, they have a very important job to do with educating their kids. Because today in this world, I mean, there's a lot of things going on with bullying, so on and so forth. And you have to make an effort to get into your kid's life to really, I'm not saying, you know, you want to monitor every single thing they do, but you need to have a conversation with them on a regular basis. See who their friends are. Try to understand and then explain to them if they're doing something wrong, why this is something they shouldn't be doing. There will be some that will revolt against their parents. This happens. But if you actually care about your kid, you have a good relationship with them, and you're willing to communicate, I don't see how there will be any issues. Because they know they don't want to do anything to hurt you also. So, um, I mean, it all starts in the home. It all starts in the home. It starts with the communication, just like with any relationship. You have to be willing to communicate for a relationship to work out. If there's no communication, then it's going to have a lot of issues. So, um, but I mean, that that is just what I was saying. I, I don't want to have to say too many things, but I just feel like uh, right now, until this stuff gets addressed here, that needs to be addressed, and people start looking at the reality of everything going on around them, and stop making excuses to put this blame on other things, then it's going to continue to be a lot of the same issues. And you know, we have a lot, a long ways to go uh, in, in in terms of this country. So we'll see what happens. But as I said, I'll, I'll be very curious to hear who exactly it is that spoke to Trump. Uh, and if Gary was right and he said Trump is in a room talking to himself and they'll come out with a report later and say, oh, well, he wasn't talking to anybody. I will laugh at that. But uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens. <laughs> but uh, any other thoughts on this particular topic before we get ready to wrap up today's show? Uh, no, that's you know, that's pretty much it from me. Uh, a lot, a lot of interesting discussion in the chat as well. So, um, I want to give props to everyone who joined in on that discussion because it's definitely something that affects us all. Yeah, I, I know. I know a lot of people maybe didn't want us to address this this topic, but you know, we we did address the violent video game thing last week, so it was only appropriate that we followed it up once we heard more about what was going on with this type of stuff. You know, we we don't always tend to talk about politics so on and so forth but i think when you have to look at how everything impacts the world around us you definitely have to talk about it at some point you know you can't just be oblivious to this stuff um because that, that's that's just not going to, to really do anything but yeah um i think that pretty much covers all the topics for this week um so we thank you all for listening uh we do have a couple of things to, to say. First and foremost, I did want to say, you know, for those who are unaware, you know, we are doing a giveaway in our Patreon right now. We're going to be giving away Nino Cooney too. So for those that are Patreon so, so supporters right now, you're already entered in to win. Uh, if you want to enter into the giveaway, 
all you have to do is sign up on the Patreon. You can give a dollar. You don't have to give more than that. That's up to you. And you'll automatically be entered in to win. Uh, we are going to have other giveaways. Uh, maybe as the month goes on, I'm not really quite sure yet. You know, we might be doing a Far Cry giveaway at some point, trying to work out the details, but stay tuned for that. Uh, and also we are going to mention another giveaway, you know, who won the actual giveaway that we also had for the Thor DVD set, which Gary will get into in a little while. But, um, yeah, first and foremost, before we do any of that, uh, I want to give a shout out to once again, everybody that was in the chat today. Appreciate all of the comments. Very good discussions. Uh, Mr. Uh, Edward, you know, Eddie V and Rufus Kid, y'all definitely got to be on the show at some point. So we need to work that out. And you you as well, Reggie, because I saw you had a lot to say in that chat. So we got to get you on the show. But uh, shout out to everybody that was watching live, everybody listening on the download as well. Uh, thank you for the continued support. Uh, Dana, do you have any shout outs that you want to give? Shout outs to everyone in the chat. Shout outs to everyone who's listening and who likes to partake in the conversation. So thank you guys so much for that. Absolutely. Um, okay, Gary. Uh, how about you, first and foremost, let everybody know who were the winners of the Thor giveaway set, and then you can give the shout outs to the uh, Patreon supporters. Yep. So if you were checking the site this week, you would have seen that we had a Thor Ragnarok, you know, Blu-ray DVD digital release uh, set to give away. We had five of those to give away, actually. Um, and we actually partnered with Marvel to deliver that. So big shouts to them for working with us on that. Um, so there were five winners and I'm going to announce the winners now. That's uh, Roger Fuentes, Miguel Perez. Shouts to Miguel. He's in the chat right now. Um, Howard, uh, Finn, Jake, and Greg Heffley. So those are the winners for the Thor Ragnarok giveaway. So congrats to all of you and thanks for your support. Um, so as usual, I'm also going to shout out our Patreon supporters because we appreciate them all. So M. Collins, Sean Gorty, Stephen Ferron, Mauricio Aguilar, Himdil, Fergus Mills, Nicholas Alvarez, and Miguel. Big shouts to all of you. You're all entered into the Nino Cooney 2 giveaway. So uh, be on the lookout for that. We'll be, you know, announcing the winner sometime next week. And also big shouts to everyone who joined us in the chat today. You know, big shouts to Edward V and Ruthless Kid, aka Kieran Blackman. Those are, you know, they're, they're former coalition employees, pretty much. Like they used to be on the team. They used to be on the show all the time. Um, hopefully we can get them back, you know, to do some shows sometime soon. Um, also shouts to Ricardo Negron, who's a part of the WrestleCast which is probably my favorite show right now. It's probably my favorite podcast um, at the moment. Um, so if you're a wrestling fan, you should definitely check out that show. And shouts to everyone else who joined us today. You know, um, saw Reggie in there. Reggie, we got to have you back on the show. And um, a few people earlier, you know, I can't really remember. My memory's a bit weak at the moment. But yeah, shouts to everyone who joined us in the chat today. We appreciate you guys keeping the discussion flowing and everything. And uh, that's pretty much it for me. Absolutely. Yeah, I also want to give a shout out to Ricky as well. Uh, thank you for checking out the show. Also give a shout out to Adam Vale. Um, and of course, Dana. 
Uh, WrestleCast will be back this Friday with the Fast Lane Prediction Show, you know, and uh, you definitely want to check that out because it's going to be a fun time. But uh, that's right. Strong style. <laughs> yes. But uh, thank you all for listening. We hope you have a great week and we will talk to you all next weekend.